Over 60,000 songs are added to Spotify every day, and I'm here to make sure you don't miss any of the good ones. From independent artists just starting out to seasoned vets in the industry, this interview-style podcast highlights artists whose music you don't want to miss. Make sure to follow along to the Music You're Missing Spotify playlist to hear tracks from artists featured on the show. You're listening to Music You're Missing. I'm Brendan Gennetti, and today we're in studio with Stephen Day. Guys, I have been waiting for this one for a while. I spoke with Stephen Day about a year ago for Music You're Missing when we were still figuring out the podcast. And low-key, I'm not going to lie, I always kind of regretted not going further like in detail about his music because he truly is one of my favorite artists. And I did not know that after we spoke, he would go on to release my favorite album of the year for 2021, The Shapes I'm In. When I tell you, Obsessed is an understatement. My producer, shout out Hurley, uh, actually still makes fun of me because I mention how much I love that album and just Stephen Day in general. And it's kind of like a running joke that we have. Um, but seriously, whenever I listen to the album, I am blown away that this is coming from an artist who has not reached their peak yet. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Stephen is well accomplished but he's continuing to grow and it's crazy that this album it just sounds so polished and like confident and unique and soulful i just it's truly such a, a great album and i think everyone should hear it and it'll, it'll change your life a little bit um but anyhow Stephen Day's face can be seen on the cover of the Music You're Missing Spotify playlist right now, and our favorite Stephen Day tracks are streaming at the top of the playlist. We're about to get Stephen Day in studio, but I gotta let you know that after our interview wraps, we're gonna play some Nintendo 64 and answer weird questions about our childhood. So look out for a bonus episode streaming wherever you listen to Music You're Missing, where Stephen Day and I go head-to-head in some Super Smash for Nintendo 64. Before we get Stephen Day in studio, you've listened to podcasts before, you know the drill. Please, please don't hit the plus 15 seconds button like I do when I listen to podcasts and actually hear me out for a second. Wherever you're listening, can you rate us five stars and can you subscribe to the Music You're Missing podcast? Because the more subscribers and five stars we get, the higher likelihood our episodes get front paged or playlisted, which means even more exposure for the great artists that are coming on the show. While you're following things, I'm going to ask you to check out the Music You're Missing Spotify playlist because Stephen Day's beautiful mustache face, (laughs) I don't know how I wanted to describe that, but Stephen Day's face is on the cover of the Music You're Missing Spotify playlist right now, and our favorite tracks of his are streaming at the top. So please do us a favor and uh, do everything I just asked. But anyways, I'm going to shut up now, okay? I am so excited to bring you Stephen Day on Music You're Missing. What's what's your go-to airplane drink? You know, I a classic Coke in the air is like it's hard to beat. Tastes better up there. I 100% agree. A ginger yeah. ale in the air, oh maybe. <laughs> Unless you're flying Spirit and it's like four dollars, can't do it. <laughs> can't swing it. <laughs> do they charge you for the drinks? Yeah, I've never actually flown, but I know that's what they do. Oh, um, yeah, they yeah. charge you for all your drinks. Weird. Yeah, do, I know. You, do they charge you for a carry-on? Oh, yeah. That one I know for sure. They charge Whoa. you 100 bucks. I was actually looking at flights yesterday. So is the flight... I haven't looked at Spirit Airlines. Is it, is the flight cheaper and then they just add on it's yeah. like a bunch of markups? Exactly. It's not even actually a, a cheaper flight. Okay. I see how they're doing it. I'm an American Airlines guy. Shout out. I'm not sponsored. I have that uh, Southwest credit card. Oh. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you do a lot of flying. <laughs> 
Uh, a, a little bit. You know, not a lot during the pandemic. True. Just racking up those Southwest points. Have you, have you used them yet? I I have used some. However, because flights are so expensive right now, the points don't, they don't count for as much. So what, what's like your goal? Like, what do you want to go? Where do you want to go with those? With the points? Yeah. With the Southwest points? Yeah. Um, Bermuda. Bermuda. <laughs> Ooh, I wanna take you. Um, I don't know, man. Wherever the wherever the wind blows, the Lord takes you. <laughs> I I want to go to Bozeman. I've been, but I want to go back to Bozeman, Montana. I looked at flights yesterday, and they're like nine hundred dollars. Bozeman, Montana. You ever play there? No, I've I've never been to Montana. No shit. I've heard it's beautiful. It is wonderful. I like had a weird. I lived there for a few months. Yeah. Um, it was supposed to be longer, but COVID happened. Um, it is the best. Where did, did you live like in an Airbnb? Yeah, no. So I lived in the, ugh, if you want the full story, I was working radio, COVID happened. I was like, okay, well, this is the only time I'll ever be free. So I found this community and it's like a one percenter community. Like Bill Gates lived there. Tom Brady lived there. And I, I just worked on the golf course there, <laughs> um, but I got like free housing. So I lived yeah. in like this one percenter, like weird community in Big Sky, Montana, but the closest city was Bozeman. So we'd go there and like hang out and it was a very magical experience. Whoa. Yeah. That's so cool. Was it, was it by some water? There was my favorite hike there. You would hike up a mountain and on top of the mountain was this huge lake. Yeah, it was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. you definitely got to go. I would love to go to Montana. I don't, I don't have I mean, a reason yet, but other, play. Than, other than that, I want to go. You'll play there. I hope so. What are some stops that you want to get to to play that you haven't played yet? Um, let's see. I've played so many places now. I honestly... It's kind of weird. I don't even think about it like that. I know because it, you don't have a lot of time in these places most of the time. Yeah, I really do. I I, I feel like when I'm in a city, I just show I, I show up and then I play. Yeah. And people are always like, oh, man, you get to travel. Like, you get to do all this. But it's, I mean, I don't really have time to go check a bunch of things out. It's like the coffee shop next door. Yeah. I mean, and for context, you just got off of a plane, came here. Yeah, had a granola bar and pretzels as Ch your meal, and then you're probably gonna go do sound check. Changed in the stall. Changed in the stall. Yeah, it's not it's not as luxurious as people think. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, I mean, last time we chatted, you I, you weren't even touring because of COVID. Right now, the world's back open. You just announced a headlining tour, but you also just came off a Teddy Swims tour. Now you're on tour with Ben Rector. Yeah, how's life, dude? Like you're finally doing the damn thing again. Yeah, it it really feels good man it's it's like really nice to be playing shows again yeah it it feels like it it picked up double time like as soon as things started to dwindle with the pandemic and i guess they're still dwindling um but it feels like there wasn't really a day where i i the switch flipped it was just like suddenly it was just like oh yeah here we go boom 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 show 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 um but yeah so the headline tour in august is sort of like the sequel to what what I did last fall. Yep. It's sort of like in some smaller cities um, to like wrap up this this album cycle. Whoa. Yeah. So we're wrapping up the shapes I'm in. I think so, man. It's kind of like, well, I mean, people can keep listening as long <laughs> as, long as they want. Um, but it's funny. when I, I feel like when I put out records, it's kind of like once it's out, I feel like it's, I don't, 
I'm just done with it. That is it's true. It's a weird feeling. Yeah, I mean, it's so different for you as a creator because you have so much time with it before it's out and right. then it's out and then it's just not yours anymore. Right. It's everyone's. Yeah. Which I need to talk about. That album is amazing. I oh, like man. solid album of the year for me last year. No way. I literally can't believe if Standing Was Flying is a song. It's one of those songs <laughs> where I'm like, I have to limit how much I listen to it. Yeah. Because if I listen to it too much, I it, it'll like lose its specialness. Like that's a oh, sick I under, song. I understand that. We got That's an honor for, <laughs> for you to say. Of I, course. I appreciate it. So we got to talk about that. Is, is that about your wife? You know, I would say yes and no. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's kind of like, yes. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I feel like I, uh, I think a lot of people when they are around songwriters, they're like, who's this about? Who's this about? And I just, I've never really written like that. Yeah. I don't know. I've always been fascinated with songs and like how they make me feel. So I, I always just kind of say like, yes and no, like, everything is everything like yeah i i uh i don't even know if that's the phrase that people say that for it just feels right there because it's like I, when i write songs it they're like i consider her a muse mm -hmm. and for like life and for like partnership and ups and downs and so I, when i'm writing songs they can be happy or sad and it might be about her but Really, it's about life and love and a pursuit of happiness. <laughs> okay. Wow. That was um, beautifully, beautifully said. I don't know, man. It's just, yeah. I, I feel like I want to write every kind of song. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so many different songs that make you feel so many different things. And if Standing Was Flying is just like, it's that like mountaintop, like, but it's also vulnerable. Yeah. You know, it's just like. I need this person or I need this thing because without it, I'm, I'm lonely. I'm, you know, I don't know. No, I agree. I feel like you don't necessarily hear that narrative come from a lot of like male singers either. Sure. Um, it's usually like from a female perspective. So I thought it was pretty cool that, you know, you were able to do that. It's also a very powerful song. Thank you, man. Like, and it also like Holy Ground on the album. I feel like they're very, they're very big, mm. right? How, where do you get like the courage to release like a big track as someone who is developing? Uh, man, that's a good question. I never really thought about them like that. Well, there's your answer. But but people, somebody else has said that to me before that that I sound confident when I sing. Yeah, I mean, like, it not, sounds not just like tone wise, but like it sounds like I'm, and I don't, I don't know, I don't really try to do that. I guess wow. it, I guess it just comes out like that. Well, I guess that's just you being a natural born artist. <laughs> so I caught your show when you were in Boston in September. Um, here's a funny story. I was doing a yeah. sober September just because I got a little chonky over, over summer it happens. Sure. Um, I had two glasses of wine at your show. I was actually tanked. And I remember <laughs> I, <laughs> I went up to you afterwards. First of all, it was also like so great it was it was also one of like my first shows back yeah. from covid everyone the vibe was just so good and i brought my two homies and we were just like like i don't know we just had like a an energy to us and also i was tanked and i remember going up to you i was like i'm nervous i interviewed you once and I, it was so awkward and i was like all right bye <laughs> no, <laughs> i still think about that dude often. i thought it was great bro i remember seeing you yeah that was sick um but i want to talk about the middle east because now you're playing venues you know like six times the size of that yeah with ben what's the difference like playing you know a larger venue versus a smaller venue but you're also headlining 
Wow. A lot. Mm. It's a pretty big difference. But at the same time, it's still performing for people. And I, I feel like a very similar energy inside myself, but I feel like logistically it's very different. Yeah. Uh, opening, there's like less pressure. Headlining, I'm carrying around the pressure of like, I'm bringing this show to these people and uh, if they don't enjoy it, like they might stop listening to my music. You know what I'm saying? It's just like- That's actually really interesting because I feel like I could hear a case for the opposite. Like I feel like people could be like, opening is more nerve wracking because these people don't know me. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't feel that way. Interesting. I actually feel kind of like, especially if there's somebody else's fans, maybe some people go into it and they're like, oh my God, I got to win over these fans. But I feel like I'm kind of like, Whoever wants to hop on the train, <laughs> yeah, feel free, and I just get to choo be choo. here, you know, yeah, and I can I can play and do what I love, um, but it, it does kind of feel to me less like a low pressure thing. Interesting, e- even though that like with Ben Rector shows, there's you know anywhere from three thousand to eight thousand, and it it was jarring. We actually on hit on this summer set of shows, we started with smaller uh venues for these bin shows and they grew like bigger as we kept going like we started in some smaller cities yeah and so it wasn't as drastic i think if i would have like hopped into like a seven thousand person show the first night i might have been like whoa really yeah because it's 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 i mean people are so far back you're like watching a visually delayed response (laughs) To like what you're doing, you <laughs> that's know what I'm so saying? bizarre. So it's it's a weird feeling. I actually feel somewhat of a disconnect to um, that big of a crowd, mm-hmm. which which helps in terms of nerves, but you know hurts in terms of connection. Yeah, for for my for myself. So obviously, like you're continuing to grow. I I feel like you haven't necessarily reached your peak yet. You're still you're still <laughs> I almost hope there. not. Yeah. <laughs> When you're at like a seven thousand cap venue, and then all those people are there for you, is that like yeah. the goal? Like, is it, would you would you feel connected then if everyone is singing along? That's a good point. I think I think so. I I still would say my guess is that it doesn't feel the same as like the intimacy of a two hundred fifty cap. Yeah, room. I feel like almost every artist is like I miss those days kind of thing. Yeah, and which is really funny because I feel like. I'm at the point where I'm like, what's next? Like, let's get, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that makes sense. Cause you're, you just had a tour, you're on tour and then you're going on tour after this tour. Yeah. So I can see that you're looking to the future and you mentioned kind of wrapping up the shapes I'm in. So yeah. what, what's next? What do you got? Oh man. I am very excited about whatever is next. I, okay. I don't have like, I don't have it all figured out. All right. But I do know that, for the past, ever since I started putting out recorded music, I've sort of just wanted to write, like for, for records I've wanted to write, just like the best songs I could. And it always kind of ended, I, I love what I've made, but it always kind of ended up as like a smorgasbord of songs in, and then like put them all together and it's an album. Okay. Um, which I will say for the shapes I'm in, that was the goal. Like it, the goal was to have different genres and different eras and, and hopefully it all felt cohesive because it's me. But I think for at least the next project, I want to make like a classic 
not not necessarily like sonically classic, but like a the way albums the 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 albums that people put on just to like listen to because they all sound the same. Like the songs fit sonically. Yeah. Um, it I, sometimes I feel kind of crazy when I talk about it because <laughs> in my brain, my albums feel really like disconnected. Okay. And sometimes people will be like, "No, I think it's like." since it's you it all feels like an album but like when i think about my songs individually they're kind of like yeah they fit on the record but it's not like i was like i'm gonna do this and this and that's gonna be the thing the whole way through the record does that make sense yeah i mean well you're the like creator you're the curator of it so you know you know things and things make you feel things differently than people who just listen to it i mean i totally understand it you could have something that other people think is a super cohesive front to back and you're like mm, no because x y and z like i i totally understand that yeah but i mean for me i'm trying to like really tune in to like what my inspirations and influences really are and yeah. like kind of like just dig out what is me like what am i and for the next record, it's going to be, um, I haven't really, so I kind of started, I loved so, like classic soul music in high yeah. school and into college a little bit. And then I, where did you go to school for college? I went to Belmont oh, in, nice. in Nashville. Nice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I just like, I kind of went in and out with soul music, like in high school and early college, I was like, that's exactly the kind of records I want to make. Those yeah. are like, those records are the ones that speak to my soul. And then over the like past five years, four or five years, I've kind of fallen out of love with um, like the soul sound. Okay. But it's back. I feel um, it feels like natural to me again. Wow. And my goal for the next record is to somehow merge. I Basically, when I fell out of love with soul, I fell in love with country. Interesting. And now it's like 60s country, like Glenn Campbell was like my thing. Love that. I was like so, I was obsessed with it. When I first heard um, Wichita Lineman, I was like, what is this? I can't imagine hearing that song in the 1960s when it came out because it just, it sounds like otherworldly now i actually enjoy lots of country but my favorite is like crooner country Mm -hmm. and somewhat mixed with soul so that's the goal for the next record is like how do i make what feels so natural to me when i listen to that kind of music how do i make it modern how do i make it fit in 2022 or even make a record that you know sounds like 2024 so when people actually hear it it's like oh this this feels like right now so do you think you're challenging yourself or do you like it's in there and you're just waiting for it to come out man that's a great question i don't know i think a little bit of both okay i feel like you have to challenge yourself for for like the insides to come out yeah so i think it's a little bit of both i think I feel really open to whatever it is. I don't feel like, I feel like maybe in the past I was really trying to prove something like I can write this kind of song and I can write this kind of song. And with this, 
project, I'm just like, whatever's inside me, come out, please. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and you also have so much success now to back you up where it's like, I hope that you feel that kind of creative liberty where it's like, you know, you've kind of already done the damn thing. Like you can, mm. you be yourself because people aren't going to, they're not going to leave you. Like they clearly like you and, and your sound and the vibe that you bring. That's very kind. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> what they pay me for um no i kid um but okay so you mentioned you know you kind of fell out with soul um and now you're back into it lyrically like what's what's inspiring us mm, that's that's the tricky part that's is, the tricky part is lyrically i do want to incorporate um like storytelling country vibes mm -hmm. in the soul realm and it's been okay. it's been done before. Like Glenn Campbell did some of it. You know, all these great artists over time have done have have sort of like blended the two. Um, but to me, I don't hear somebody doing that in a fresh way right now. And I mean, there's like there's like um, definitely like rap and R and B country. There's like, yeah. There's definitely like that mold happening but i'm like trying to do like the the crooner like still about the song and like about melody not necessarily like the rhythm of words i mean it, it always is both but, yeah but yeah i think lyrically it will lean i'm i'm basically trying to write a country record but i'm a suburban white guy from <laughs> You know, I'm not from rural Georgia. I'm yeah. like, I like had a pretty typical suburban upbringing and I love like soft rock. I love, I love all these things. So it's like trying to just make something that feels really natural to me. But I think what I like about the lyricism in, in country music is they have all these archetypes of songs like, um, the fishing song, you know what I'm saying? They just have these songs that like play on country radio and you're like, oh, this is that kind of song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this kind of goes back to like you asking me if the song is about my wife or not. I think what I realized is I've always done that with songs. I've like started writing and I'll be like, oh, this is that kind of song. Yeah. And so if Stanley was flying, I was writing it and I was like, oh, this is like the mountaintop, like bleeding heart <laughs> song. Let's write that. Yeah. And let's write the best version of that that we can. And so I think the goal for the next record is like really leaning into those archetypes so you have a record that is fulfilling several different kinds of songs and, you know, across the storyboard and feels mm -hmm. cohesive sonically and story-wise. I feel like that's helpful for the writing process too, to like kind of have an idea yeah. before you start the writing. Yeah, and I think what I realized was those are the kind of songs I like. Yeah. And I think what I hope I'm doing is at least zeroing in on something like the compass is pointing somewhere. Whereas I feel like the way I was working was like the compass was like rattling all around. And yeah. I was just like, Oh, let's chase that. Let's chase this. And now it's kind of like, let's at least follow this until we get to the end of the trail. And then that'll go somewhere else. Hell yeah. I'm excited to to finally listen to it. I'm assuming you have no clue when when the new stuff is. Yeah. I will say I'm writing and the songs feel exciting. 
So cool. when, whenever that feels, whenever it feels that way, I, I don't think a record is far. It just depends on how long it takes to get it out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, while we're talking about lyrics, there's a lyric I want to talk about. Um, sure. Mostly because also from like a consumer standpoint, it's interesting to see how you use social media and then you have this lyric. Um, <laughs> it's hard to know if you're coming up or could have been when you've got more followers and friends. First of yeah. all, personally speaking, dagger to the heart. So true. <laughs> <laughs> now asking you, um, all right, tell me about that line and how do you feel about utilizing social media? Because, you know, your music is very music oriented, if that makes sense. It's sure. You're not driven by TikTok or Instagram. Yeah. Um, and it seems like a lot of your reach has been organic. So tell me about your relationship with social media and then specifically, of course, that line. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny about that line is it, I wrote it and I was like, oh, that's a cool line. And then I was like, I don't even have that many followers. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe I do have more friends than followers. No, it's funny. Um, but it was funny because it was like, it's really true. Yeah. I mean, I think social media is great for, I mean, how else can you talk to people that you aren't physically near? You yeah. know, it's, it's like a beautiful thing for that reason. I, I'll say this, I wish I was, I don't know if I want to say that. I'm not good at social media. Like I don't do it well. And I guess that could be argued like what is doing social media well. Yeah. But I just don't like content wise. It's like the last thing I think about. Um, and so I think it just, it just, just because I feel, I don't, it's not that I have an like an, a hate for it or a love for it. It's more just like I'm indifferent yeah. towards it. I know it can help. I know that things can go viral. Um, I just don't, I don't know if it's a laziness. Or, I mean, it or, is, it, it's sneaky, a, a lot of work. And when you are putting in a lot of work for something that isn't exactly 100% related to the thing you want to be doing, which is making yeah. music, it's becomes a little soul sucking. Exactly. Yeah. I think, I think that's what the feeling in my stomach is every time I start, cause I'll have like, you know, there'll be like a month where my manager's like, we got to post, we got to post. And my manager's the best. So it's, I'm not, I'm not ever like, come on, like, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Well, I do my, I guess I respond that way <laughs> physically, but there will be moments where I'll like post just because I haven't posted. I'll like suddenly post like six TikToks yeah. or like, and they're all so stupid. <laughs> and I think what I've realized is that I don't want to post something that then becomes my thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Point. Like, I don't want to suddenly have this thing that I don't want to be doing which even in that could be a fear of like, I don't know. There's so much that could be inside of that. I think it's just because things can pop off so quick yeah. in this day and age. It's either you're careful or you're not. Yeah. You know, it's like you're either like th throwing stuff at the wall every day and then suddenly something goes off and then you're like, okay, I'll follow that. Whereas like I... I'm really happy with the things I've been making for the past five years. And it would suddenly feel like diminishing to be like, Oh, let me post this cover. Let me do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. 
and it really could be laziness or I could be too proud. You know, like there could be lots of things that make me not do it, but there's some sort of like gut feeling that's just like, keep doing what you're doing yeah. kind of thing. I don't know. And, and people do it. I've seen a lot of people do it in different ways. And there are people that go viral that I love their music. You know, it's, it's just, it just doesn't feel right to me yeah. personally. I think I agree with you. I mean, granted I'm coming from a little different part of the industry. Um, yeah. but when I do have something go well, it is, or do well, it is only because I wanted to make it in the first place. Yeah. Which I feel like you guys have a perfect setup. Yeah. I mean, I mean this, this kind of thing is built for an app like TikTok. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? And the best thing is, is and it took a while to figure out is I don't have to like implement TikTok strategy. I'm just, you know what? I'm having a normal conversation. I'm not right. pretending to be someone I'm not. These are all from my bedroom. Like yeah. everything here is so me. And then it still does well. I'm like, okay, I'm found my, I found a way to be authentic on social yeah. media, but that definitely takes a, a, a lot of work and maybe it's not for everyone either, especially when, you know, your music is so personal. Sure. Yeah. I think, I think you made a good point there. It's like everybody, if you, if you choose to use social media, everybody can have a, an, like an outlet or like a, a way that can feel authentic. Mm -hmm. And I think mine is just like six TikToks <laughs> once a month where I'm just like in my room. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, I totally get it. Um, all right. I One last question, bringing it back to that lyric, because you said, you know, I don't even have that many followers. But you know what? People that don't have a lot of followers, they probably still have more followers than friends. Right. And like we have come to a weird place in the world where it's like, you know, I think my personal Instagram is like 2000 followers. It's like, why? Like, I don't know you. Like, I, yeah. it's not like they're following me for this. Like if they care about this, they'll follow music you're missing. It's just a weird, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Um, and sometimes you're like, I don't know. I agreed, man. Especially because I feel like I'm the kind of person that actually has, you know, very like, two hands worth of like people that really know me yeah. like on a deep level. And then, then you have like your community friends that you see acquaintances, but yeah, I mean, I really feel like it's, it's in our generation, you know, there's a, what is it? A mile wide inch deep. Is that the, <laughs> is that the phrase? <laughs> Hello? No, I'm, I'm I not. Think, I, don't I think it is. I think it's, it feels like that. Social media is kind of like, so vast but the water's only oh i like you know, that though actually now I'm, I'm picturing it i understand yeah you're like what the hell get him off my podcast <laughs> uh well that's interesting um you're born in 96 yeah how'd you know that i'm born in 96 hey did you grow up playing nintendo 64 here's the sad thing oh late on i me. did <laughs> i did but i was never like a video game Guy. Okay, I wasn't either. Nintendo yeah. 64 is the extent of my gaming. My neighbor, uh, Patrick, down the street had Nintendo 64. Well, Patrick. I can remember him, like, blowing out the cartridge. That's that's Nintendo oh, 64, yeah. right? Yeah. Patrick down the street will be very interested because <laughs> would you like to play Let's do Nintendo it. 64? Let's do it, man. I'd Let's do to. it. I don't know if I can remember the controls, but I'd love to play. That's the best part is I always win because no one has played in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was wonderful. Thank you.